0: and welcome back to the My Possible Self podcast. have you been? It's Gabby with you. My Possible Self, the mental health and wellness app gives users access to the best toolkits available to improve your mind. We're still very much free to download and getting more and more lovely reviews and messages on the app store. We do read and appreciate every bit of feedback. So if you did drop us a note, then thank you. We see you, we hear you. February is International Boost Self-Esteem Month, an annual event dedicated to improving self-esteem amongst people around the world. Having low self-esteem isn't a mental health problem in itself, but they are closely linked. Living with low self-esteem can be detrimental to your mental health and lead to serious illnesses such as depression, anxiety or an eating disorder. You may also develop unhelpful habits such as smoking and drinking too much as a way of coping. Many psychology studies attest self-love and compassion are key for mental health and well-being keeping depression and anxiety at bay. And what about those who are already suffering? How do you truly love yourself with a mental illness? That one can be really challenging. Self love means having a high regard for your own well being and happiness. It means taking care of your own needs and not sacrificing your well being to please others. Something that today's guest, Jules von Hepp, learned the hard way. Jules, founder of the extremely popular self-tanning range Isle of Paradise, is also a celebrity tanning expert, podcast host, and social media influencer that champions body positivity. We asked Jules if he could kick off Boost Your Self-Esteem Month with us with an episode dedicated to self-love and learning to be thankful and appreciative of the skin we're in. He immediately said yes, and I'm not going to lie, when we were set to record, it was touch and go. Hello, Jules. Hello. Um, Are you there? Oh, you're there. Hey. I am here. (laughs) I'm
1: just going to get my AirPods to connect. I'm having the worst tech morning ever. Oh, no. Um, I had to just reinstall all of my emails onto my phone like basically i got locked out of the whole thing it's so boring it's not even worth talking about it's so boring but you know when you're like, I'm sat in the car. I'm been blinded by the sun. My emails aren't working, and I was trying to get through to you. And I was like, she's just going to think I'm such an unprofessional.
0: <laughs> Not Whoa. at all. Not at all. If it makes you feel any better, I um, so I usually I have like notes on my my iPad because my screen is is like you. And and for some reason on my iPad Google Docs isn't working, so I've had to like email myself. So it's a bit clunky for me to read. So I kind of hear you on the technical oh. weirdness. Oh
1: something I don't know what it is the lunar energy this week is (laughs) off my chakras are not aligned this week (laughs) I've got like I've got electricians in the house I've got gardeners in the house I'm deep pants in the car oh we're
0: after a great start
1: didn't realize that double tapping your airpod hangs up (laughs) <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> like you're just gonna be like who is this
0: <laughs> where are you oh. where do you live
1: i'm asking myself the same
0: question.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm just gonna okay. try and lean you on the wheel God, okay it's, i'm such a car crash today i'm keeping
0: all of this oh. in jules i'm keeping all of this in okay let's try this again jules von hep Welcome to the My Possible Self podcast. We're we're thrilled to have you. Your name has been thrown into the mix for quite some time. And uh, we were talking about it's International Boost Your Self-Esteem Month in February. And this podcast is going to drop on February 1st. And we are going to the entire month be talking about all things self-worth, body positivity, inclusivity everything that is very much something that you endorse and um, influence many thousands of people about so welcome.
1: Thank you it is an absolute joy to be here and dear listener if you if you think that this this episode is going to be together I'm just gonna (laughs) just gonna tell you that we've had a really good giggle pre-recording that I'm sat in a car at the side of our house mid-renovation. Will I be here at the end of the show? Who knows? Who knows? But hopefully it's enjoyable for all.
0: (laughs) I love let's kick off with the cliffhanger. Yeah, (laughs) let's see how it goes.
1: This is how I roll, Gabby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read your accolades. Grooming influencer, feel-good champion and podcast host, Isle of Paradise founder, celeb tanning experts. He worked backstage at Fashion Weeks on TV, film, uh, music video shoots. (sighs) that's that's a lot of stuff Jules that is a lot of stuff.
1: It's been a busy career and like I got, I started my career as a spray tanner and I think lots of people many a time in a pub I've said you know what do you do oh I'm a spray tanner people are like what you do what but actually I've had a career that's been really exposed to so many different types of naked bodies and vulnerable situations and you know yes you can give the sugar-coated um CV of backstage and TV, music videos, lots of celebrities. But actually, when you boil it down, you strip it all back. I've just spent 15 years working with naked people. And I think <laughs> that is where a lot of the uh, influence that I try and give on my channels and when I do interviews and especially with Out of Paradise, um, myself Tambrun, is that actually all those learnings from being with people who are naked and how they interact with themselves and their body that's really shaped my own career. And I think that, Mm. you know, that's something that I really pride myself on being able to talk about.
0: Mm. Well, I am going to just reel off a a few more of the accolades in terms of like some big shows that you've worked on, like Strictly Come Dancing, The Crown, um, and then you've done various fashion weeks around the world. So professional dancers, actresses and actors, celebs, you know, models... These are people that we look to for inspiration traditionally in terms of, like, physically. Do celebs have the same wobbly bits we do? And do they have the same insecurities?
1: I think there is this huge misconception that if somebody is in the public eye, they don't have those hang-ups and, you know... They're still a human being. They're still a human being that in their adolescence or in their life have been exposed to media images or images telling them how they need to look. And actually, it's so easy to forget that, oh, they're famous. They make a lot of money. They must feel super confident about their appearance. And that's absolutely not the case. I've worked with Victoria's secret models who at one point were deemed the most beautiful women in the world and they would get into the spray tan booth and say, I hate my legs, I hate my thighs, I'm so sorry about my feet. I can't believe like and I'd just stand there and go, You are supposed to be the most beautiful person in the world, you don't like how you look, then what hope have we got for everybody else?
0: Well, yeah, working with the professional like the makeup artists and the hairdressers and you know the glam squad you're part of the glam squad right and great lighting and all of these things so we just get the final product on the screen if we had access to all of these tools and and like wizards within the the beauty space would we all look like actors and and models well that's the
1: thing where almost with social media we can all buy those lights there are apps that are available to do retouching that was so huge in the 90s and noughties 90s that you know actually it's, it can be quite damaging now we have too much access to those pieces of kit or machinery that I actually try not to use I don't use any retouching we, ne- we ne- I never retouch images mm. um, but it's I think it's something that's very easily to forget I think there's so many layers of this conversation we've got the layer of comparison and we can compare ourselves to other people and to other bodies and think oh wow she has the legs like that that's about I'm telling you now don't ever compare yourself to somebody on a screen because having worked on sets on so many photo shoots where retouching took place the image that you see in an advert or the image that you see when you're buying a product 99% of the time that image has been retouched and the digitally manipulated so never compare yourself to those images and if you're looking at somebody on screen you're right you're absolutely right they've had the best glam squad in the world do their hair their hair is not staying like that for the whole day it's been retouched every five minutes by somebody with a little spray and a comb mm-hmm. running on set makeup is being mattified the lighting is set by people who professionally make lighting situations for a living mm-hmm. so of course they're going to look idealized Um, But that's not everyday life, everyday life is unfiltered, it's got imperfections Mm. and I think something that we really need to educate ourselves on is actually embracing those imperfections and saying you know what it's okay not be perfect.
0: Do you think, just touching upon what you mentioned about the fact that we've got on our t- in our toolkit now these access to filters and great lighting and, you know, those rings that you attach onto your phone or to your laptop, the circular ones, I forget the proper name for them, that everybody can get now off Amazon. Do you think by distancing ourselves from our true image via these tools, we're actually hurting our own sort of self-worth or put it denting it because we're creating a version of ourselves to present but then we've got to live with the real version that isn't enhanced
1: I think it depends how you look at it I think you can definitely go down the route of, think, of saying this can be quite damaging but I think if you take it with a pinch of salt, it's like if you stand with your iPhone and you stand at the window of your house the picture will take better than it would if you stand in the corner of the room because there's just different lighting. So mm-hmm. I think I will always take a photo in good lighting, but I will never manipulate it. And it's that's that I have boundaries with myself because I know what I can and can't um, process. And I think that if you are, if you're digitally editing, if you're using apps that remove wrinkles, that can change eye color, that add the filters on that's when you're going down that damaging route because you're comparing yourself to a version of yourself that's created by augmented reality. So you're never even going to get that version of yourself ever because it's made by a computer. So I think it's about just having perception and awareness and just kind of taking a deep breath and viewing the bigger picture of what's going on because I think it's so easy to feel consumed by social media consumed by the scroll consumed by the images that we are exposed to every single day whether we are in the supermarket whether we're flicking through a magazine whether we're watching television I think it's just about making sure that you are aware that that is not real life it's Mm. just a creation of a perceived ideal
0: Mm. But you've had your own struggles, and you've been very open about having issues with your own sort of self worth in terms of like body positivity. and um, And I hope you don't mind me asking because there was a quote um, in an interview I read when they asked you what is your biggest accomplishment in life, you said overcoming how much I hated myself. Would you mind sharing a little bit of this this journey? Of
1: course. So I guess to scale it all back, because you are in a position in your life where you really hate every inch of how you look. And trust me, I know how it feels to so just stare in front of the mirror and just hate every single inch of your appearance. I don't think people realise the dilapidating and like anxiety driving situation that that causes. Like I wouldn't go to social situations. like I wouldn't go to parties because I hated how I looked. I wouldn't go clothes shopping because I didn't want to buy clothes because I hated what they looked like on me. I didn't want any pictures of me or if a picture was being taken, I'd hide at the back so that none of my body was being shown because I just hated it. Um, But when I started spray tanning, in a really weird way, I think spray tanning saved me because I was just being exposed to all these bodies and it made me realise that everyone is on this journey. But I get asked a lot, you know, how do you find body confidence? How do you find how you look? And like, how do you find that good vibes in the day to day with your appearance? And I think the first thing to point out is that ship doesn't turn overnight. It doesn't just reroute itself. There's no one that's there that goes, oh, here, love your body. There we go. Or here's the legs of your f- favorite celebrity. There, your problems are solved. Actually, it's about really bottling it back and looking at the conversation that you have with yourself. I realized that the conversation that I was having with myself in the mirror was one of the most deprecating and mean conversations that I was having ever. But nobody else could hear it because I'd just stand in front of the mirror and I'd pull my body apart and I'd say, you know, you're so fat. How, how do you have this body? Who's going to find you attractive how are you going to end up in a relationship? And actually, I needed to work on that conversation in order to have this huge knock-on effect. And later that saying a negative thing, rephrase it, and I'd say one positive thing to myself. I'd focus on the bit of my body that I liked. So I like my eyes. I've always liked my eyes. So I was like, right, instead of bitching about my legs or my belly, I'm going to focus on my eyes. And just, your eyes look great today, Jules. Your eyes look great. And then the next time I'd add in another layer, and the next time I'd add in another layer. I also, people that I was hanging that I was actively taking part in conversations where people would talk about what diet they were on, um, how much weight they're going to lose, what bits of their body they hated. And I would actively be part of those conversations and collectively manifest with that. Now, I think if you're putting out negative vibes consistently about your body you're going to hate your body if you keep telling yourself i hate my body that's 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 going to be the rest of your life um i was chatting to an amazing influencer and she said to me one day there was just like this light bulb where she realized that actually the situation wasn't changing her body didn't need to change but the way that she thought about it did and it was like this light bulb moment where she's like oh this isn't reality. There is a completely different way of thinking about this. And it is like that. You realise that my reality doesn't have to be this negative repetition. My reality can be a positive, affirming. When you look at yourself and your body and your conversation with yourself and where you're going, I really try to focus on the inner voice within myself and the conversation that I had with myself you're never going to get a second body. The body of your dreams is not going to exist. This is your body. This is who you are. So instead of hating it, just try loving it because it will make such a difference to every little part of your life that you won't have even thought of. But for me, it massively works and it it just changed everything. It just made me more confident. It made me happier. And it made
0: me like myself more. Well, I love that. Just when we're talking about that inner voice, we begin forming perceptions of our body's attractiveness, health, acceptability, functionality in early childhood. So this body image continues to form as we age and we get feedback from like our parents and our friends, social media. Does that resonate with you? Like the voices that we, the stories that we tell ourselves, um, do you remember as a kid sort of, feeling oh not God. great because yeah. it, it resonates with me
1: yeah and also like you know my grandparents were in the war and so they they very much shoved problems to the back as was the thing to do back then and then my parents were complete products of two people that were in the war so shove emotions to the back let's not deal with them and then also, they were products of the 80s diet culture. You know, when you look at that, of course, we have all these issues now because all of those pains and the messages that were coming through from margarine, from diet soda brands, as we're moving into the 90s, it's Weight Watchers. All of that is feeding down into the next generations. And, we, and now we're unpicking it all. I remember my grandma saying that she would pay me a pound for every pound that I lost and she would weigh me and she would say you know you just need to lose a bit of weight you just need to lose a bit of weight and I was eight I was eight years old she didn't mean anything bad by it she thought she was doing the right thing but that is the culture that they were living in and they were passing it down and actually it's not the case at all it's not the case at all so I think you know we all carry our things we all carry our things but it's whether we choose to have those definers or whether we choose to go in there, unpack them, unknock them and move forward.
0: Mm. And I raise it as well, just for ourselves to be mindful of the next gen and the children that are around us, whether they're our own or our loved ones. Kids are so susceptible, aren't they? And like, I, I think about my 13 year old niece, who I've heard a few times, I mean, she's a twiglet, she's very long with, there's not an inch of fat on her. You know, she's mentioned about sort of fatty bits on her body or whatever a few times and and I'm, I'm wondering where she's getting that from probably school
1: school social media there will always be those outlets because that reverberation from the 80s diet culture is going to be knocking around for quite a while but it's how we interpret it for ourselves that then i think communicates the message for others on our beliefs and our, on our stance
0: Hmm. I think as well with negative body image it's a bit like stress it's something that most people suffer with to different degrees but we don't actually think when it is severe how the ramifications for our mental health can be bad so with negative body image that can lead to depression social anxiety which you you mentioned you had self-consciousness in the bedroom, with relationships, even perhaps manifesting as an eating disorder. Um, so it should be taken seriously, shouldn't it? And, and we should be looking out for signs within ourselves and within our loved ones.
1: hundred percent. But the issue we've all got to be really aware of, the conversation that we have with ourselves in the mirror and how we speak to ourselves in our thoughts is something that nobody else can see. So it's, we have to be really honest with ourselves. You're the only one who can start the change. You can start loving yourself. You have to make that decision to change the conversation because unfortunately we don't walk around with t-shirts on that say, I don't like how I look. I hate my thighs. Unfortunately, that's not there. Always ask yourself, would I speak to my best friend like that? Would I say that to my best friend? No, why am I saying it to myself? And would my best friend say that to me? Probably not. Why am I saying that to myself? So that's a really good way of starting to change any negative conversation about your appearance in your thoughts
0: you literally just answered my next question which was you've you've said uh, before it's about being your own best friend so i'll move on to a fun fact that i'd like to share with you because i think you'll find this interesting the term body positivity we might be familiar with it we've been using it for some time now but it was only actually added to the oxford dictionary 11 months ago did you know jules march 2021
1: I did not know that and it does not surprise me.
0: Ah. Well, this update included the addition of body shaming and fat shaming to um, the roster, reflecting a growing recognition of the dangers that exclusionary body ideals pose to our mental health. Wow. Some of the symptoms of an unhealthy or negative body image may include obsessive scrutiny in mirrors, thinking this disparaging comments about your body and frequent comparison of your own shape and size to other people. Envy of a friend's body or just as commonly the body of a celebrity or or somebody else in the media. If This is something that you, anybody listening to is is relating to. It's like what you said, it's putting in the work to reframe these negative thoughts and silence the inner critic, which is easier said than done. Exactly,
1: it is easier said been done and also I was thinking yeah that's conversations and to avoid those feelings and I think it's even as somebody who has a Instagram profile and a social profile as somebody of body confidence I don't think I'll ever feel 100% body confident but I'm just doing my best to feel as confident as I can and I don't ever expect to find the holy grail of body confidence because I don't believe that it exists. But as long as I speak to myself as nicely as I can, then I'm definitely going to keep that journey going.
0: I loved uh, in your podcast you, you mentioned the wardrobe meltdown, which every single person who owns clothes, I imagine, can relate to. It's basically where whatever you put on, you just think it doesn't look good, or well, that's the story we choose to believe.
1: The wardrobe meltdown is something that I I talk a lot about online because I've had of them and where clothes are thrown around Some, one outfit in your wardrobe that you know you're stricting it's not about feeling tight it's not about looking slim it's about being comfortable and leave the house put it on and leave the house get away from that wardrobe and move on because you know what today is not your day let's get out and change it up like the worst thing you can do is sit there and just keep pulling things out of the wardrobe because you know you know where this is going let's not open that file let's put on the comfy clothes and let's get out
0: Mm. i want to move on to um skin and skincare now you know a lot about this um because of obviously the work that you do with the skin loving the skin we're in is is really 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 challenging for for most of us um i'm still a bit self-conscious about you know my my, my face without makeup on my sister is head of a dermatology board for the nhs I asked her what struggles she sees in a patients when it comes to skin conditions and mental health. So I'm just going to read out what she replied in a text. She said, all dermatology skin conditions can have a massive psychological impact. Acne, eczema, burns and scarring, alopecia, psoriasis. Many patients will have mental health issues and alcoholism, problems with their partner, sexual difficulties, etc. We have to treat the whole patient in a holistic way. And have great treatments available. So hopefully patients don't suffer for too long if they get referred to us. She doesn't mention, of course, with the NHS the huge waiting lists. And I know she gets backed up. But yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts on that.
1: You know, for me, when I think about skin, our skin is the largest organ in our body. And I really view our skin as actually the tool that really I read. My entire body through. Am I tired? Am I stressed? Have I got dark circles? Am I hydrated? Um, and rather than hate scars on my body or hate things that are showing, really, this is like I try and treat my skin as each scar, equal, each ta- hole, each tattoo that I got when I was 16 on GCSE results that maybe I shouldn't have had. It's all there. And it's a way for me of looking back and appreciating life and thinking, you know what, I've I've done my best and I'm going to keep going. Um, I understand that skin is an incredibly, um, it is a complex issue and it really can affect how we feel about ourselves. But just remember that your value is not not determined on your skin or on your appearance.
0: Mm. I've got a quote from the queen, Oprah Winfrey. She says, self-esteem comes from being able to define the world in your own terms And refusing to abide by the judgment of others. In the digital age, this is particularly hard, almost impossible, I would say, Um, although it sounds like you've managed to achieve it. Is it it a work in progress?
1: Constant work in progress.
0: (laughs) We're all going to have good days and bad.
1: Good days, bad days, up days, down days. We're all going to have little wobbles by the pool. We're all going to have those moments. But when those moments come, it's about recognising them. It's about going, oh, hello hello, who's this? Why am I talking to myself like this? What would my best friend say? Is this defining me? Is this how I want to move forward with my day? Or am I going to just take a minute, have a little sidestep and actually do something that's going to bring me joy that doesn't have anything to do with my appearance? Am I going to call my best friend? Am I going to maybe like meditate? Am I going to go for a walk in nature? Am I going to do some exercise? None of which have anything to do with how you look, but they will boost those endorphins they're going to boost that feel good vibe um because things come niggles come triggers come in a child will come to the surface things that we've experienced from our teenagers will come to the surface that's part of being human but it's how you respond to that in the moment that then defines how that trigger unveils itself through the day so just remember, and I have a little list on my phone of the things that make me feel good, the songs that make me feel good, the people that make me feel good. And if I'm feeling low, they're my go-tos.
0: Mm, I love that. I've actually compiled 10 tips that I've come across for boosting our own self-esteem because that's sort of what we the, the focus is on for the month of February. I know there's so many national holidays, but um yeah, February is National Boost Your Own Self-Esteem Month. So I'd love to know what you think of these. And you can let me know at the end if, uh, if you want to add any. Number one, use hopeful statements or another way of saying that would be positive affirmations. Number two, forgive yourself. Number three, avoid should and must statements. Number four, focus on the positive. Five, consider what you've learned and expand on it. Six, relabel upsetting thoughts. Seven, encourage and be kind to yourself. Eight, accept compliments. Nine, eliminate self-criticism and introduce self-compassion. And number 10, quite simply, look after yourself, practice self-care.
1: They are such great pointers. Uh, There was one that was forgive and sometimes forgiveness is not always. I don't believe it's not always the best way route to take. Acceptance over forgiveness is something that I really practice. Where I I just accept that this is the situation I'm in. I accept that okay, this is where I am today, and what do I want to do about it? I think um, being kind to yourself and saying it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to feel like this. There is no right and wrong in terms of my self esteem and my emotion but how do I want to feel tomorrow? And if you want to feel more self-esteem, then present self needs to look after future self. Um, and that's something I try and work on. Sometimes it can feel like if I'm having a down day, if I'm not feeling my best, I'll go on a walk and I'll think, God, what is the point of even doing this walk today? I just don't feel like it. But there might be a small improvement in my self-esteem that day. The next day, I really feel the benefit because I'll go to bed a little bit more relaxed and then I'll sleep better and then I'll feel better the next day so you know don't ever think that what you do to make yourself feel better is worthless because actually it's worth the most out of anything anything that you can do to make yourself feel better is worth doing more than anything else because it's bringing joy in your life and in your existence and actually you know when you put your head on the pillow at night or when we you know, maybe aren't as mobile anymore when we've gone through quite a lot of our life and we're looking back, I just want to look back and think, wow, that was great. That was great fun. I had a really good time. I enjoyed it. I really tried to make the most of my life Mm. because that's what it's all about. Mm. You know, life is not this infinite resource. It's only here for as long as we experience it. So how we experience it is up to us.
0: Mm, That's so good, Jules. We've talked a lot about our own inner critic and and how we work on that. But what about the damaging messages and projections that we're receiving from, from the outside world, not just from images that we see, but even like... You know, loved ones. We're talking about like self worth, something that um, I've spoken to with with Hannah, one of the directors at My Possible Self, is when it comes with 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 females, the pressure of having kids or not having kids, and like my mum's like, well, the biological clock is ticking. You better get your skates on. And you know, with Hannah, it's that she's she's had one, and it's like, well, when are you going to have another one? And it's this, it's it's really nobody else's business, right? But our own any tips on how we protect ourselves a bit from all of that?
1: The thing about children, I hear you, sister, and about marriage, and about there's all these check boxes that people have in their own lives that they think that everybody else should be doing. And you're absolutely right, you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't matter what they think, it's about what you do that's right for your life, and where you go, and who you are, and who you operate as a whole, that's completely up to you. I think that, It's how we process that information it is so hard because when comments come from others, and a lot of the time with my audience, I hear it about a family member that will comment on weight, about appearance, about what life achievements so far, what you should be doing, It's really difficult. And something I try and work on is how I process that information and the boundaries that I set around me to receive that information can't stop somebody from saying something I can say look can you please not talk about this anymore I don't want to talk about it but I'll try as hard as I can to just laugh it off an explanation onto me that actually speaks more about you than it does about me because from where I am I'm all good I've got it going I'm quite happy with where I am it's my decision not yours and actually a lot of the time when people do comment this is all their stuff coming to the surface. This is us navigating their stuff. And I don't have the time in the day to be dealing with your stuff on top of my stuff. So I'm just going to let it come in and I'm going to let it wash over me. I'm going to make a brew and I'm going to move on because mm. I've got myself to the point where I think it's not worth my energy dealing with that cast over me from you.
0: Mm. Yeah, and then another thing you could do, which I picked up from a psychologist I spoke to about about stress, was you can mentally think, "Nope, that's not my stuff. I'm giving it you back. So you almost envision yourself sending this information back to the person who it came from.
1: Yeah. Put it in their box. See ya.
0: Yeah. Fire it right back. Jules, you've been aced to wrap up this conversation. I've got one more question for you. In 1998, there was a study in Psychology Bulletin that found self-esteem was one of the strongest predictors of happiness. So to end on a happy, joyful note, I'd love to know what makes you happy.
1: Clear blue skies, mm-hmm. uh, good music, nice food and constant jokes that's what makes me happy a bag sure it brings a little bit of joy but it doesn't make me happy what really makes me happy is feeling alive and embracing life
0: preach (laughs) (laughs) Um, love it jules thank you i know loads of people that are listening to this will be probably following you already but you're at jules von hep on the gram that's the best way to Enjoy your content and keep abreast of, of everything that you're doing. I imagine you've got lots on.
1: Yes, uh, always lots on, but there's always nonsense driven content coming to you on the gram. <laughs> um, you can also find my self brand at the Isle of Paradise and also my sustainable knitwear brand, which has just launched called Yantan Knitwear, also on the gram. Um, but remember, oh. go out there and live your life, folks.
0: Oh, love it.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> um. Was uh, enjoying? I have to say, <laughs> I really enjoy that you've got two headphones on. Hey, pro. I'm in a car at the side of a road, and you have two headphones on. The contrast could not be more from us. i
0: We did have a lot of fun, as you can hear, making that episode. But some amazing points from Jules Von Hepp there. Thanks again, Jules. And that, my friends, wraps up another episode of the My Possible Self podcast. I know a lot of you are already following us on social media. But if you're not and you would like to do so, we are at My Possible Self. And I've been at Radio Gabby. Until the next one, take care, practice some self-love. And remember, you rule.